Thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much. Look at the person next to you and say, Happy Anniversary. Amen. Hey, so we got to be here for all these anniversaries in Cleveland uh, this weekend. We did the 50th anniversary of Heritage Christian School. I want to know right now, if you have ever or are teaching or ever been on the staff at, at, at Heritage Christian School or ever a student at Heritage Christian School or a student right now, stand up right now. Heritage Christian School staff at all right, look at all these people. Amen. Let's give them a hand. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Maybe seated. So we celebrated the 50th anniversary Friday night, the 65th anniversary of Cleveland Baptist Church. But I got to tell you, Cleveland Baptist Church is the second greatest thing out of Cleveland. You know what the greatest is, don't you? Marilee, my wife. And this Wednesday, 43 years ago in Cleveland Heights, I married the greatest woman in the world on August 16th. So I'm celebrating an anniversary too this week as well. Yeah, 43 years with the same woman. I married an MK, a missionary kid from Baptist Mid-Missions back then. And uh, praise the Lord for Mary Lee. But we love Cleveland and we love the influence that your church has had. Uh, and that was really great. However, I don't know when the Lord's coming back in. It may be by the end of this message since the message is 40 hours long. But it may be that the Lord comes back. However, if he doesn't, I believe, I do believe this. And that's why I'm going to preach when I'm going to preach. That the greatest days and the greatest impact this church and that school has ever had in this community is ahead of us and not behind us. And I believe, I don't know what the Lord's going to give us, but whatever he does, I think that we need to, and this is the title of my message, pull up your tent pegs. Pull up your tent pegs. Everyone together, what's the title of my message? Where in the world is that, Brother Shetler? Take your Bibles and turn to Exodus chapter number 14. Exodus chapter 14. Again, Pastor, I want to thank you. And I praise the Lord for the testimony of uh, Pastor Folger, Kevin Folger's testimony as well. And uh, three pastors, three under shepherds. And there's one, been one good shepherd here the whole time. And we thank God for what he has done. But I'm telling you. I think it's time to pull up your tent pegs and move forward for the Lord Jesus Christ. We are going to celebrate today God's, and I'm going to, after hearing uh, Pastor Folger, God's awe, faithfulness, and man's humble faith for the last 65 years equals Cleveland Baptist Church blessing. And we're going to look today. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that it is impossible, it is impossible to please God without, everyone know, without what? Without faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. So the only way that Cleveland Baptist Church has pleased the Lord, and the only way that Cleveland Baptist Church will please the Lord is that Cleveland Baptist Church has to take a step of faith. That's the only way that it can happen. 
And today we do celebrate God's faithfulness. But you know what? We know that God's going to be faithful in the future. So I'm not too concerned about God's faithfulness. Only thing I'm burdened about today is your faith. I know God's going to be faithful at Cleveland Baptist Church. My question is, will you continue to take the steps of faith in your life, in your marriage, in your home, in your community, at your job, on this piece of property, and as a a group of believers in Cleveland, Ohio, will you continue to take your step of faith as well? Now, I want you to look at Exodus chapter 14. And I want you to look at verses 13, 14, and 15. In just a moment, we're going to stand and I'm going to read this passage and you're going to give out two words. And these two words are our text today. But you're probably very familiar with the passage here. This is Moses and the Israelites after 400 years are going to be delivered from the bondage of Egypt and they are going to go through the Red Sea. And this is the parting of the Red Sea. And this is just before it occurs. Moses stands up and gives one of the great messages. But then I want you to notice something that God says to Moses. And this is so great. Let's stand this morning for the reading of God's word. Exodus chapter 14. I'm going to read verse 13, 14, 15 out loud. You're going to give me two words and you're going to give it with everything you got on your anniversary And then we'll have a word of prayer, and then we're going to hear, pull up your tent pegs. Exodus chapter 14, I'll begin reading at verse 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, Ye shall see them again, no more, forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Wow, those are two really good verses. Notice what God says to Moses. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? As far as I know, that is the only time in all the Bible that God told someone to stop praying. God just told him, wherefore thou criest unto me? No more, no more praying. No more praying. Hey, listen, Moses, you tell him this. And the Lord said unto Moses, wherefore criest thou unto me? No, 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 I've done it all. I've done the 10 plagues. I've done everything. You speak unto the children of Israel. Get ready, Cleveland Baptist. You speak unto the children of Israel that they... Everyone in this room, what are the next two words? That they what? Hey, that sounded pretty good. Good job. That they go forward. You look this up. Strong's Concordance, 5265. You you don't have that, but you you get a chance. You look up Strong's Concordance, 5265. It's, It's one phrase, go forward. You know what the phrase is? You tell them, To pull up their tent pegs. The words go forward in the Hebrew is to pull up your tent pegs. Hey, they're going on a journey and I'm not doing any more until they pull up their tent pegs. Cleveland Baptist Church, God has done a lot over 65 years. But whatever happens in the future, hey, hey, 
you need to pull up your tent pegs and let's get going on the journey. Let's get going on the next step. Father, I pray that this church will go forward. I just tend to believe, Lord, that if Roy Thompson stood behind this pulpit today, he would say, come on, let's not worry about the past. Let's go forward. Father, I believe today that the Holy Spirit desires a body of believers that are in this beautiful auditorium on this incredible piece of property with all of these incredible facilities. Not to maintain, Father, but to go forward. I pray that whoever we are and wherever we are in our lives, there are some young people today that need to pull up their tent pegs and go forward for Jesus Christ. There's some teenagers that want to stay in their comfort zone. God, wake those teenagers up today. It's their anniversary of their church too. I pray some teenagers would pull their tent pegs up and go forward for you. Father, there are some senior saints in this church that are over 60, 70, and 80 years old, and you're not done with them yet. And Father, they, they may think like, I'm just going to sit now and hear Brother Folger. Father, I pray they pull their tent pegs up. I pray some 70-year-olds would go forward for you today. And Lord, every one of us in the middle, I pray that we would pull our tent pegs up. Thanks for speaking to my heart this morning when I took my walk this morning about areas that you told me, hey, Jim, let's pull your tent pegs up. So, Father, I pray that every one of us would be spoken to. And then, Father, if there's a soul here that has never trusted in you, you have prepared everything for them. You have, you have given them salvation. Your son died for them. They are now here by your providence. They might have came on their free will. But Father, you got them in this service. May they. You've done everything for salvation. Now they need to go forward and trust Jesus as their Savior. And I pray that today would be their birthday on this anniversary. And God, I pray that today there would be a soul that would trust you as their Savior. So, Lord, we dedicate the service to you. We're thankful for this church. We're thankful for the incredible music that we heard, congregational singing and the specials. And now, Father, may we pull up our tent pegs and go forward for you. We pray these things in the name of our risen and coming Savior. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And God's children said, Amen. All right, you may be seated, but get ready to pull up your tent pegs. Number one, pull up your tent pegs and trust in God's timing. Pull up your tent pegs and trust in God's timing. Now, this story that we just read starts in chapter 13. So quickly, go to Exodus chapter 13 and look with me at verse 17. This is where it all begins. There have been 10 plagues and the last one was the Passover. And now Pharaoh finally says, get out of here and take all the spoils of Egypt with you. And I think that's just the greatest thing about his timing. You do it God's way in God's time and you get blessed. Is that not interesting? That why didn't God just say to Moses, Moses, get back to, go back to Goshen land and get Israel out of Egypt. Let's just get them going. God says, no, you go to Pharaoh because as wicked and as evil as Pharaoh is, Pharaoh still represents the authority over Israel. And I find this to be very interesting. You tell Pharaoh 
to let my people go, as if God needed Pharaoh's permission. But yet God says, Israel, I'm going to work through the authority that's over you. Hey, I don't know about you, but I think a lot of our government today is wicked and evil. But you know what? God can still work through the authorities over us to do what he wants to do with his church. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think this is so cool. When Israel left, they left in a way with Egypt's blessing because Egypt ended up giving them all of the spoils of Egypt. They don't get that if they leave on their own time. They got that because they left on God's timetable. And that's the first thing. When we pull up our tent pegs, we trust in God for the timing. All right, everyone together, look at verse 17. And, I'm sorry, but I got You guys did so well on the go forward. You got to help me with the next four words. J. Vernon McGee, one of the great old radio preachers of all time, pastored in California. J. Vernon McGee's favorite verse in the Bible was, and it came to pass. And he said, wherever that is, that's my favorite verse, because he says, no matter what's happening in your life, it'll come to pass. So everyone together, and it, everyone together. And it came to pass. And by the way, this is a big one. This is a 400 year came to pass. It has been 400 years that they have been in bondage. And now it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God, Led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines. We're coming back to that. Let's come down now, verse 18. But God let the people, led the people about through the way of the wilderness. We're coming back to both of those statements. Look at down at verse 19. This is so good about God's timing. And Moses took the bones of Joseph. Now, if you went over to Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith you would find Joseph's name in the hall of faith. And you would, and if the question was asked, how did Joseph get in Hebrews 11? What was his step of faith? Some of you might say, well, he resisted temptation with Potiphar's wife. I'd say, boy, that's good, but that's not why he's in Hebrews 11. Well, man, talk about forgiveness, man. He, he gave the forgiveness to his brothers. He did. What a story of restoration. But that's not why he's in Hebrews 11. Do you know why Joseph's in Hebrews 11? Because when he was about to die, he said to his brothers, he said, hey, we'll tell you right now, there's coming a day that you're going back to the promised land. And when you go, you take my bones with you because I am telling you by faith, God is not done with this people yet. God is not done with all your brothers and all your descendants. And there's coming a day that you're going back to the promised land. And by faith, I want you to take my bones and I want you to bury them in the promised land. You say, Brother Shetler, you don't have much time on this message. Why are you spending so much time? This is huge. For 400 years, do you know what the promise, the blessed hope of the Jew was? The blessed hope of the Hebrews for 400 years when they're making all those bricks, when they're doing all that slave labor, do you know what their blessed hope was? When they would go, I'm tired of this. I hate this bondage. Someone would say, hey, don't you forget Joseph's bones. Don't you forget. Oh, that's right. One day, one day, 
We're going to go back to the promised land. Joseph's bones are the blessed hope of Israel for 400 years. But we got it better, gang. We've had a blessed hope for 2,000 years. And our blessed hope isn't a man's dead bones. Our blessed hope is an empty tomb. Because Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will, come on, come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. We've had a blessed hope for 2,000 years. And that blessed hope has been an empty tomb. That's a big deal there. That Joseph Bones. But notice the timing. Everything was in God's timing. This morning in my, my hotel room, I, I knew the verse. I just didn't know where it was. Ecclesiastes 3.11. He hath made all things beautiful in his time. He has made all things beautiful in his time. All right. So today we do a little bit of remembering. And you go back to the past for two reasons. I said this Friday night. You go back to the past to remember the love God has shown. And you go back to the past to remember the lessons God has taught you. Nothing else. You'd never go to your past except for to remember the love God has shown and the lessons God has taught. As you look back over the history of Cleveland Baptist Church, timing is everything. Now, let me give you a great example of this. So I'm kind of new to a lot of this history here. But there is something that I have picked up in the last 48 hours that has been amazing. The timing of the pastors of this church. That has been an act of God. If you look at when Roy Thompson graduates to heaven and Kevin Folger comes and then Pete Folger comes and you look back over the history. There's one thing I picked up in the last 48 hours. God's timing, even the whole thing around COVID and Pastor Folger stepping down when he'd everything has been about God's timing. And as we look back and there's so many things that God has done the buildings that have been here. When it was God's time, the next building arrived. When it was God's timing. You know what we need to do? We need to pull up our tent pegs and trust God for his timing. You know, there's a guy in the Bible I like. His name is Enoch. I can't tell you that I'm like Enoch. Now, Enoch did something that Jim Shetler has struggled with all of his life. There have been times that I have been ahead of God. I said, God, catch up to what I'm planning on doing. And there's been times where I've kind of dragged my feet on what God's done. But Enoch did something that I think is so good. Enoch walked with God. And I just want to tell you, church, this is so important. The difference between lagging behind God and going before God and walking with God is a big difference. And we need to, when we pull up our tent pegs, we need to wait on the timing of the Lord. The Bible says, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord 
and be of good courage. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And I will tell you, one of the most important things about pulling up your tent pegs is making sure that you're trusting God for the timing of things. Now, there have been things that have happened at Cleveland Baptist staff things when you think like, oh, man, Lord, we got to have more staff. Lord, what's going on here? What's this about? God, what? And you know what? God's timing has always been perfect. And God has moved at a perfect time, and we just need to pull up our tent pegs and trust God in the timing. Number two, number two, trust God in timing when you pull up your tent pegs. Number two, trust God's trail. Not only his timing, trust God's trail. Now, I got to tell you, when I was in high school, I took this class called geometry. How many here ever took geometry? Raise your hand. You took, oh, oh, a lot of you. Okay. Well, I have to tell you, there's only one thing I remember about geometry. I do not remember the class at all. I remember the teacher too, I guess two things, but there's only one thing I remember about geometry proper. The shortest distance, help me out here. The shortest distance between any two points is a a straight line. Yeah. Can I tell you who never took geometry? God. God never took geometry. What in the world, God? What is the deal with you? I mean, God, here I am, and Lord, conform to the image of Jesus. That's where I'm going. So, Lord, here's our way. Here's the way we go, God. Straightest, the shortest distance between two points, straight line, God. Boom, there we go. God goes, yeah, no. I don't know about your life, but I'll tell you the life of Cleveland Baptist Church, it's never been a straight line. It's never been, okay, Lord, here's where we are. And of course, you want us to have a Christian school, so here's this. So, boom, God, this is the way to go. God goes, yeah, we're not going that way. Now, let me tell you something. If they're getting to the promised land, the shortest distance from Goshen to the promised land is right through a place of property that we know today as the Gaza Strip. Right through the Philistines back then. And guys, no, 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 no. You guys get involved with the Philistines, you're going to get scared and you're going to say slavery was better than fighting the Philistines. So I'm going to take you to another place. I'm going to take you to Pi High Harath. McDowell and Baal Safan. I got just the place for you. It's a dead end. It's a cul-de-sac. And the only place to go is to the Red Sea because I'm going to bring the Egyptian army. And there's going to be no place to go. It's way out of the way. Matter of fact, when Pharaoh finds out where Israel is, wait a they're down at, at, at Baal Safan. They're down at Pi Roth. They're down at McDowell. Well, that's a dead end. <laughs> Their God may know how to turn the, the Nile into blood, but he sure doesn't. He needs a GPS. Their God doesn't know what he's doing. That's a dead end. Let's go get him. Now, you think about that for a minute. It wasn't the trail that anyone in here would choose. Now, I'll tell you. I met Jim over here. I met Jim over here. Jim's been here for over 60 years. Is that right, Jim? And, and Jim's been over 60 years. And then you talk to your brother, uh, Pastor Kevin Folger, and, and, and you ask him, hey, 
has it gone the way that you thought it would go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no way. No way. How many of you have been in this church for over 50 years? Raise your hand. Over 50 years. Okay. It has not been a straight line, has it? But God knew where you needed to be so that you would pull up your tent pegs and have to trust God. There have been things in the history of this church that you go, God, what are we doing at this dead end? This could be the end of our church. God goes, no, this is going to be where I'm going to show you what I can do. And you got to pull up your tent pegs. And by the way, that's true in every one of our lives. In every one of our lives, God brings us to a Red Sea, a dead end. And we say, God, what do we do now? You pull up your tent pegs and you trust in me. We trust in God, not only for his timing, but we trust in God for the trail that he chooses for us. Now, by the way, he gives some guidance on this trail. Look at verse 21. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and by night. And look at chapter 14, verse one and two. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, speak unto the children of Israel. Okay, so there's two ways that God guides these people on this trail. Number one is a cloud. And wherever the cloud went, oh, pull up your tent pegs because we got to follow the cloud now. We're, we're going to start another journey. The cloud is moving and this is where we go. And the other, oh, the, the pillar of fire, no. The pillar of fire was for protection and illumination at night. The pillar of fire never moved. It was the cloud that moved and that guided them. Well, then how else did they get guided? Moses. Moses would tell them how to live. So Moses would speak to them on how to live and the cloud would get them where they need to go. Now, I want to tell you something. It was a long time ago. But 17 years ago, whew, I can't believe this. 17 years ago, Marilee and I pulled up our tent pegs. We had been in Pensacola for 31 years. I'd been pastoring the campus church for 18 years. We were comfortable. And God says, it's time to pull your tent pegs up. No, I think God, I think I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And we pulled our tent pegs up and we left a place we had been for 31 years. And we didn't know where we were going. I would have given anything if God would have given us Moses and the cloud. That would have been the coolest thing in the world. You know, one morning my wife wakes up and she looks out the window and she says, Jim, Jim, you got to come and watch. See this. What, honey? Jim, it is a perfectly clear day, but there is a cloud over our van. Merrily, that's the cloud that's going to show us where to go. And Jim, there is an old man standing by the van. He looks like Charlton Heston. I don't know. That's Moses. That's Moses. And here we get in the van. And the cloud begins to move and we drive and we follow. And Moses is inside. Thou shall not speak that way to your wife. Thou shall do this. Thou shall do. And we're following the cloud. And we go through Texas and we go, please, may the cloud get through Texas. And we go through and we follow the. That would have been so easy. I said, man, God, give me a cloud and give me Moses and I'd know where to go. God didn't do that with the Shetlers. And God hasn't done that for Cleveland Baptist. God gave you two greater things. 
God gave you the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And I will tell you, Cleveland Baptist Church, we don't need a cloud and we don't need Moses. What we need is God's Word and the Spirit of the living God. And that who has guided this church. you got to trust God. Pull up those 10 pigs. Trust God in the trail. Trust God in the time. we got to get going, number three. Trust God. It's tools that he uses. Now, this is the point I do not like. But I will tell you, God uses tools that we need to pull up our tent pegs and trust God for. They are sometimes hard hearts that he uses as tools in our life to shape us. Sometimes they're sharp scalpels, And sometimes they're insurmountable mountains that God uses as tools for us to pull up our tent pegs. So here we got this hard-hearted guy. Look at this, if you would, real quickly. Look at verse 3 of chapter 14. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. And look at verse 4. And I will, everyone together, what's the next word? I will what? Harden Pharaoh's heart. Oh, brother Shetler, we don't have time for this deep doctrinal thing. No, this is not that hard. Brother Shetler, this is like one of the hardest questions in the entire Bible. Did God harden Pharaoh's heart or did Pharaoh harden his heart? Man, I got the answer. The answer is yes. Brother Shetler, that's no answer. Oh, it is the answer. 14 times in the Bible, it says that Pharaoh's heart hardened. Eight of them, it says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Six of them, it says Pharaoh hardened his heart. So what is it? Yes. And I'll tell you how it works. Let's say we go out to Arizona right now. Phoenix, Arizona. 120 degrees. I talked to my brother yesterday. He's, he lives out in, in Phoenix. 120 degrees. Let's say we go on a sidewalk out there in Phoenix and I take a big box of old clay inside and I open that box up and I reach down in that mucky old clay and I slap that clay on the sidewalk. And I go down, I got a little cooler with me and I pull my little cooler down and I go about 50 yards down on the sidewalk and I open my cooler and I got a block of ice. And I put that block of ice on that sidewalk. And I go back into the air conditioning for about three hours. And about three hours later, I come on out to the sidewalk. Now help me out, everybody. Help me out. And I come out to the sidewalk and I go to where the clay was. (laughs) And I reach down and I touch that clay. Everyone together, the clay has. And then I walk down to where the, the block ice was. Help me out. And I look at where the block ice was and everyone together and the ice hardened. Everyone together, the ice hardened. Folks, what did the clay do? Everyone together, what did the clay do? And what did the ice do? You hear this? The same sun that hardened the clay melted the ice. Both Pastor Folgers 
in all your years of ministry, isn't, isn't one of the most amazing things? You preach a message on Sunday, and you walk out, and there are those, the same message, there are those that become harder, and there are those that melt. The message was the same, the messenger was the same, the same illustrations, and some people leave hard, and that will happen today. There will be people today whose hearts will harden, and there will be people today whose hearts will melt. Let me tell you something. Who hardened Pharaoh's heart? Well, God was being God. And while God, the sun that hardened the clay, melts the ice. Guess what Pharaoh wanted to do? He hardened his heart. He had a free will. And his free will says, no, it could have melted, but it hardened. God was being God with every one of those plagues. And I'll I'll tell you something. When people harden their heart, they do not think right. This is what I got written in my Bible. You put it whatever next to your Bible. Verse five, I wrote down, stupidest, I got it right here, stupidest question in the Bible. You ready for the stupidest question in the Bible? Verse five, Pharaoh's talking to his court. Look at what he says at the very end. Why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. Why did we let them go? Okay, that is the stupidest question in the Bible. If I was in that court that day, I'd go, oh, oh, oh. Why did we let them go? I got the answer. Why did we let them go? You in the back. Why did we let them go? Hey, can I give you 10 reasons why we let them go? (laughs) What in the world are you thinking, Pharaoh? We let them go because we were tired of drinking red Kool-Aid out of the Nile. We let them go because we couldn't see our hands in front of our face because of darkness. We let them go because of the hail. We let them go because of the fleas and the boils. We, this is my favorite. We let them go. I would have just done a bit of that. Why did we let them go? And all I would have done was ribbit. We let them go because of the frogs. We let them go because of, we were tired of those frogs. You know, I looked that up one time. You know what the, the, the Bible says? That the frogs covered the land. I looked that up in the Hebrew. You know what that word covered means? Covered. It means covered. It means blanket. That means wherever they walk, come on, wherever they walk, squish, 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 squish. I can't stand it. I'm going to go to my bed. Squish, 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 squish. Pull the covers back, jump in the bed and squish. Oh, Brother Shelley, you're one of those preachers. No, the Bible says they're in the bed chambers. And then I go, I can't handle this. I got to go get a snack. Squish, 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 squish. And they take the bread and they take a big bite of the bread. And when they bit into the bread, squish. The Bible says they were in the kneading troughs where they made the bread. Why? Why did we let Israel go? Yeah, because of the frogs. Now you think this out. I've dealt with people for 45 years, thousands, not hundreds. I have counseled thousands. And I'm going to tell you, when people harden their heart, they don't think right. When people harden their heart, they do not think right. And I'm going to tell you, Pharaoh, that is the stupidest question in the world. Because I'm going to tell you why we let them go. Because their God is God. So they run after him. And God uses this tool. Because come on now, 
when all those people are coming after them and all those Egyptians are coming out and they are at that dead end, they are at that cul-de-sac, come on, you know, they're looking at Moses. Moses, what the God, we had just stayed in Egypt. What the God, we had just stayed in bondage because now we're going to get killed. No. Now we're going to pull up our 10 pegs and we're going to see God work at Cleveland Baptist Church like we have never seen before. Now, no, we're at a dead end. This Pastor Pete, he doesn't know what he's doing. Man, we need, we need someone a lot older than this pastor. He doesn't know where he's leading us. You know what? Oh, no, I'm telling you right now. I can see some things coming down the road. Hey, I want to tell you something, friend. First of all, I don't know this guy real well. But I know he's got a heart for God and he's got a heart for you. And I'll tell you right now, all your trust and your faith is in God, not a man. But I got to tell you something. I think Moses knows where he's going. And you trust him. And you just say, you know what, Lord, we'll pull up our tent pegs. And if this is what pastor believes we need to do next, then you know what? We're pulling our tent pegs up and we're going forward. You know what? I'm not here for an honorarium, man. I'm here to help your church for the next 65 years. And I'm going to tell you, God blessed this place because of his faithfulness and people in this church that had faith in God and they pulled up their tent pegs and you're in this beautiful little, this is one of the nicest auditoriums in fundamentalism. You guys got it, man. You got the property, you got everything together, you got the whole program, you got these maintaining going, but you know what you need? You need to pull up your tent pegs and you need to reach Cleveland for Jesus Christ. And you need to start growing spiritually because it's so comfortable to be at Cleveland Baptist Church. You need to pull up your t- Hey, 65 years, we've really done it. No, you haven't. It's been God who's done it. And you pull up your tent pegs and you trust God for your next step just the way they did all along the way. By the way, how about this Grandpa Folger? He pulled up the tent pegs and literally moved out of his house so the church could get started. I mean, when I heard that, I went like, okay, now that's kind of pulling up the tent pegs. <laughs> he pulled up the tent pegs and you can have my house. That is like the coolest thing in the world. I'm telling you, why has God blessed Cleveland Baptist? Yeah, because God's been faithful, but there have been people in this church that have pulled up their tent pegs and gone forward. Hey, last thing, real quick, and really I've said it. You trust God. You pull up your tent pegs for God's test, for his tools, his trail, his timing, but it's test. I want to talk to you for a minute, teenager. Because God has got something special for the young people. Listen, you don't go to a heritage Christian school. You don't get to go to a church like this that God's not going to do something with the youth here. There is a reason why God brought you to Cleveland Baptist Church, teenager. Yeah, my parents. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. God put you in the family that he wanted you, and he's put you in the church. And he's given you the youth pastor. And he's given you the Christian school if you're going, and if you're going to public school, if you're, if you're homeschool, there's nothing, whatever. The fact of the matter is you're in Cleveland Baptist Church. And I will tell you something. God's got something that he wants with every one of you young people in this church. And if this church is going to make it in the next generation, we're going to need some teens to pull up the tent pegs and trust God for something and maybe step out of your comfort zone. Oh, Brother Schiller, is this where you talk about Bible college? Well, sure, I'll do it here. I don't care. I wasn't planning on it, but you say it, I'll do it. Hey, I got to tell you, nothing. 
outside of my salvation changed me more than going to Bible college. I'm standing behind this desk right now preaching because of a Bible college that invested in me. And yeah, you pull up your tent pegs and you trust God and you take your next step in your life. And you say, God, I'm trusting you to do something. I hate this when people ask these seniors all the time. So what do you want to do with God after you graduate? No, what do you want to do after you graduate? No, no, you don't ever ask a teenager what they want to do. You ask them, what does God want you to do? Because that's the only question that matters. It's not what they want to do. It's what God wants to do. And I will tell you, he'll test your faith. Where you'll, you'll step out of your comfort zone and he'll pull up your tent pegs and you'll be ready to go. Now, I love this. Folks, look at verse 15 where we started. And the Lord said unto Moses, hey, don't be praying to me anymore. I have done everything that I'm going to do. Wherefore, Christ thou unto me. Hey, I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to speak unto the children of Israel that they... Go forward. You tell them to pull up their tent pegs and get ready for the journey. I'll part the Red Sea, but I'm not parting it until they pull their tent pegs up. And when they pull up their tent pegs, then I'll do it. This is called your step of faith. It is God who's done whatever has happened here. But... It would have never happened here if people didn't pull up their tent pegs. Now, Pastor Pete, come on up here, because I got the coolest thing in the world for you, buddy. I do believe at this point of Cleveland Baptist Church, there needs to be a maintainer. You got a lot going on this piece of property. They're going to have to be administrative. There's no doubt about it. They're going to have to have the sensitivity of the past and everything. I think God brought the right under shepherd. But I do want to say this, Pastor, with all due respect. And I don't care if I ever come back. It don't matter. I'll just pull up my tent peg and go someplace else, man. I don't care. But I want to tell you this, Pastor. And I, and I really believe this is one of the keys in the future. Yeah, they do need an administrative pastor now. They need a maintaining pastor. But I'll tell you this. If you ever stop pulling up the tent pegs and taking the next step of faith, this church will close. So I couldn't think of a better gift to give. And it was really cheap, too. And I couldn't think of a better gift. By the way, I got this at Walmart this morning. Okay, this is unbelievable. There were five deer in the parking lot at Walmart today. That is the craziest thing. I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, and I'm at Walmart. There were five deer at Walmart today. I went like, oh, Lord, this is a sign. I don't know. (laughs) But I went and got a tent pig for you because, Pastor Pete, can I tell you this? You maintain, you use the gifts that God has given you, and you're the man for this time. But I will tell you this. You got to keep pulling the tent pigs up, and you got to keep taking the journey of faith. And don't you ever come to a point where you go like, you know what? We got it here now. We got it. Don't you ever forget to pull up the tent pegs and say, you know what? We're going to pioneer. We're going to take up and we're going to take a journey and we're going to still live by faith. And I think you got a congregation.
that's ready to follow you. So pastor, here's your tent peg and don't put it in anywhere. Keep it moving as well. All right. Praise God, man. Praise the Lord. Okay. That was his charge to to him. Now to you. Whether it's your marriage, whether it's finances, whether it's soul winning, some of you have been visiting this church for a long time and you haven't joined. Pull up your tent pegs and let's get going. Some of you have never followed the Lord in believer's baptism. Let's pull up the tent peg and get going. And then, very possible that there is somebody here that you have put a stake in. I live a good life. I've been religious. I've tried really hard. You know what you need to do? You need to pull those tent pegs up and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. You need to ask Christ to become your Savior because I'm going to tell you, all these little tent pegs that you've nailed down isn't going to get you to heaven. you got to pull that tent peg up and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. I don't know who you are today. And, and I, I tell you, I prayed two, two very specific things when I walked around Fairfield Inn this morning. I prayed two, one, that there's a lost person here that today they'll pull up their tent pegs and ask Jesus Christ to save them. It isn't anything that you've done, but you do have to pull up the tent pegs for Jesus to save you. You gotta, you gotta ask Christ. You gotta, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You gotta ask Christ to save you. He's done everything. It's all been finished at the cross. But you have to pull up the tent peg and say, God, I'm trusting in Jesus Christ as my Savior. And then I'll tell you the second group I prayed for. People in this church over 65. And I said, God, let the older people in this church, the senior saints of this church, still live by faith. And not, oh, we got our, some of you got your tent pegs in your seat and you sit in the same seat. It'd be good for you to pull that tent peg up and sit somewhere else. <laughs> now, where's, where's I, I just met this lady. Where's, where's my girl, Shirley? Where's Shirley? Where are you, Shirley? Okay, you don't have to stand up because if you stand up, we won't know that you're standing up, okay? <laughs> but I got to tell you, I'm sitting down here. Shirley, can I ask you how old you are? 83. Okay, that's the way every one of us need to sing. If you've never seen Shirley sing, then you've missed it, man. That lady knows how to sing. That lady's at Cleveland Bath. How long? How many years you been here, Shirley? Only two. Amen. Man. Well, don't get that tent down, peg down too much. I'm telling you right now, that lady knows how to sing. And that's the spirit we all need to come to this church on. And I prayed this morning for some 65 and olders that would come down to an altar on the anniversary of their church and pull up their tent pegs and say, God, you can still move me. God, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And I prayed for teenagers today that some teenagers would pull up their tent pegs and say, God, I'm ready to go forward. And you know what? Whether you're a deacon or you're on staff here or wherever you are or however many years you've been here, it's time to pull our tent pegs up and it's time to do something. Never has Cleveland needed this church more than right now. This country needs this church. Ohio needs this church. Cleveland needs this church. So come on. Let's pull the tent pegs up and move forward for God. So whether you're in the balcony or you're in the middle of a row, we're going to have an invitation. So let's everybody stand. Let's everybody stand and bow our heads and close our eyes. And I I think the invitation song, uh, who's ever playing that? I think it's Have Thine Own Way. Is that right? I think it was Have Thine Own Way. Yeah. 
That's perfect. God, have thine own way. I'm pulling up the tent pegs today, and I'm going forward for God. Cleveland Baptist Church, do you understand the hour that we live in right now? What are you doing? Get the tent pegs up. Oh, Brother Shetler, do you see how bad it is in our world? No, I see a God that can part the Red Seas. I see a God that can still move. We just need some people that are ready for the journey. We need some people that are going to be ready for the journey. And I I do. I pray that we'll have some senior saints at the altar to say, you know what, God? Whatever I got left, I want to live by faith. I pray some teenagers would be at the altar that would say, dear God, I want to do your will. And I'm ready to pull up my tent pegs and live. And I pray that a bunch of people in between. God spoke to your heart. I'm going to encourage you to come. I'm going to pray. And as soon as I say amen, that that piano is going to start playing, have thine own way, Lord. And by the way, don't be singing that song if you don't mean it. If you can't pull up your tent pegs, don't be singing that. But as soon as you hear that piano, you come forward. And whether you're in the balcony or in the middle of a row, God, I'm ready to pull my tent pegs up and I'm ready to go forward.